and welcome to a very special edition of the post-game overreaction. This is what we're calling the Big Ten, or perhaps I should say the bi-week Big Ten edition. Greg Mahochko here along with Kevin Knight. John Dam Johnston is going to be joining us here in just a little bit, but since Nebraska was on their second bi-week, uh, we're just going to kind of recap because we want to want to continue to present content for you, uh, loyal Coronation fans and listeners, readers. Uh, but we're just going to recap a little bit about what happened this past weekend in Big Ten football, uh, of course, Huskers were on the bye, but we are going to talk about it. one team that is near and dear to Kevin's heart, and uh, of course, John was uh, sideline and in the end zone at the Minnesota-Penn State game, so when he uh, comes back, he'll join us and talk a little bit about that, but Kevin, uh, this is the first opportunity that I've had to talk with you, one of our newer contributors at Coordination. How are you doing, man? Uh, they're dead to me. It's a, it's a weekend of hell. Well, I, 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 I mean, we, we were going to get there. I was just asking how you were doing. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, it was a nice day out here in DC, I suppose. So, you know, that was, that was nice. But uh, yeah, you know, one day's tomorrow. So, is your see? And I experienced this last week uh, when Nebraska played Purdue and lost. Uh, it just kind of ruined my Saturday. So, are, are is it like that? A lot of time, I don't know if Spartan Nation is the right phrase or Spartan County or Spartans, you know, whatever uh, Spartan fans call themselves, no offense. Uh, but is it like that too? You know, like when, and, and this is, let's face it, this was a heartbreaking defeat uh, at the hands of, you know, Illinois, you know, Lovey Smith's fighting uh, Santa Beards. Um, their biggest come from behind victory in school history, of course, it happened. In East Lansing, uh, much to your chagrin, did, does that does a loss in you know by the Spartans does that just uh, sour your entire day weekend week up, up until the next game as a as you know a Spartan fan like it does for so many Husker fans like myself? Um, it definitely sours the day occasionally. Um, you know, a certain school that is on the docket this upcoming Saturday that can pretty much sour my entire goddamn year. Um, but that, that one, let's not even touch. Cause I'm not looking forward to that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's Illinois ruined my Saturday. Uh, I kind of got over it today, but it, it just depends on the game. The fact that D'Antonio is 0-2 against Lovey is just pathetic though. Um, and I mean, giving up the game like that, we were ahead 28 points and then the defense just utterly collapses in the fourth quarter. Like, what what is with this? We always had a good defense under D'Antonio, and 2016. Okay, put that one in a who the hell knows the aberration. Let's not talk about it or remember it ever again. But what the hell is up with this? With a top ten defense returning most of the keys, and yeah, we're down Bocce now. But I mean, come on, how did we collapse like that <laughs> and let Illinois come back? I it- don't. I, I just don't understand it. It's 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 a weird dynamic, and, and maybe halftime was a perfect split in that game where Illinois is absolutely trending up, and Michigan State's. You know, I'm not trying to pile on, but you know, in the course of discussion, they've lost what four in a row. Yep, yeah. uh, four in a row. Second time in D'Antonio's tenure that we've had a streak that long. Is is he on the hot seat? Would you think? Or has he um, built up enough equity? 
It's a little difficult to say. Um, I mean, to be honest, Michigan State has had plenty of things happen in recent memory. Everybody's aware of that. I think having a winning football program is not the priority there, and there's not the funds available to make it a priority right now, nor should it be, um, given what what's happened. So fans aren't happy. Um, he, he definitely shuffled the deck chairs so to speak with the staff and i think that they put built up the equity to to kind of get a one-year mulligan on that but the offense is not working Uh, it's not it's not entirely their fault there's just an unexplainable amount of injuries and not necessarily in a way where you can say like okay well what's with the strength and conditioning it's just merely a this guy catches the ball this way and breaks his thumb that guy falls down during the game and breaks his hand like those types of injury problems that we're having by all means. So it, you can't point to just the staff on some of the problems that they have, but overall something needs to give in this off season. If he's going to stay here much longer. He, how long has D'Antonio been at the head? Of- uh, 13 seasons. He, his first season was 2007. Uh, so this is his 13th and he is now the winningest coach in Michigan state history. Uh, with the win over Indiana, he beat Duffy Doherty, and he hasn't gotten a win since. So, and I mean, it so you know, comparing apples and oranges, but if if this was if he was at Nebraska, he'd already been out. I mean, that's just the way that the fan base overreacts, and that's what we do. Uh, that you look at some, you know, and and you're you've you know not been immune to it since you've been uh, with Coronation even before. Then you look at social media, and people, you know, after a loss to Colorado, you know, zero and two against Colorado, and people were saying Scott Frost should be fired, or you know, it, shuffling the deck type of thing. Uh, is it just because in East Lansing football is not the focus that he's got a little bit more leash to him? Um, no, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, there's still the plenty of vocal minority on things like the only colors. Um, People who write into all the beat writers for Michigan State with Detroit Free Press, Lansing State Journal, Detroit News, etc. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely vocal people out there calling for him to be fired. I'm pretty sure some of those crazies were on there in 2016, the year after we made the college football playoff calling for him to be fired. Um, so it's there's people in every fan base that are like that. Um You know, does he get more of a mulligan at Michigan State where historically we haven't had success that he's seen, nor have we seen it as consistent? Um, You know, he definitely um, isn't on the hot seat like he would be at a program like Nebraska, I'm sure. Well, Illinois came back and won that game through all facets. I mean, they, uh, I think had a pick six. They, they made some, uh, big stops on defense. Obviously that offense got going both the, on the ground and through the air. And when you look back at uh, the fact that Nebraska barely beat Illinois and that was their second to last win, I think, uh, with the exception of the Northwestern game, uh, Illinois has, you know, I think taken that loss and, and again, uh, trended up. They're bowl eligible now. You look at that was one of, you know, four, Five uh, close games in, in the conference. If I'm looking at this right, nope, I take back four close games. Uh, Wisconsin barely beat out Iowa in a, in a 
battle of a couple of top 20 programs, 24 to 22. I'll be honest with you, we've still got both of these two teams on the schedule here to uh, the last three weeks of the season. And uh, uh, I don't think either matchup favors Nebraska. Uh, Wisconsin's coming to Lincoln this Saturday, and we'll see uh, what can happen there. Uh, Purdue Northwestern was another two-point uh, uh Game Purdue winning that one 24-22. Odd, odd scoring uh, this week in the Big Ten. And, John, are you back? I am back. I am. So you were... I only have one thing to say to you guys. Uh-oh. M-I-N-N-E-S-O-T-A. Gophers. Gophers. Yeah, Gophers. I don't. What about that? I, I don't know how to kick people off a Skype call, but if I could kick you off a Skype call, John, I would. <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you being a turncoat on us? No, I just you know. Listen, uh, I went to the game. I got credentialed to shoot. I was on the sidelines. It was one of the most fantastic things I've seen in a while. Uh, why can't good things happen in Minnesota? Why can't we be happy about other things? I, I know this is in direct. No, no, I I think you said it. You know when when Nebraska or, or when Minnesota took Nebraska out behind the woodshed, you said it here on, or on the Five Heart Podcast, and that's that Minnesota was a better team. And I don't think at the they time they are a better team. Well, they were no, better in Penn State well, too. Let, let me finish. I, I was just I don't think at the time because of the state of Nebraska football at the moment. I don't think we understood how much better they were, but you're right. They just uh, had a top 10 team in Penn State come into their house. Yeah, it was in their house, but they still sent them home with their first loss of the season and put them in a prime spot as long as they can, uh, you know, finish up. I mean, nobody expected Minnesota to be contending for the Big Ten West, uh, but now they're in. I a- did. If you go back, I said Minnesota would win the Big Ten West. And the reason why I said that was is because they're going in the same direction. Uh, you they're rowing the boat. Oh my god. I actually I, now now that now that you mention it, I do have vague recollections and my memory is shit. We all know this. But I do have vague uh memories of you making that very, I think, bold and controversial statement on the Five Heart Podcast months ago. So I'm not going to dig through the archives to find it. If somebody else wants to, they are okay. more than what? There I, is no written record because I, I wasn't quite formally on staff at the time, but I picked them as a um, favorite to win the West, actually, for Minnesota. I thought that they were going to be a respectable team coming in, given what they had returning and how they finished last season, personally. But And... To to be fair to uh, don't don't hate me Nebraska fan base, but my sister in law is a Gophers fan, and I was definitely rooting for them against Penn State. So, and and here's the thing: the what is it? The battle for Paul Bunyan's axe. That's the Wisconsin Minnesota game, right? That is in Minnesota, so that's uh, you know, that's another advantage to them. And they have uh, a bye week. If I'm looking, no, I take it back. They're at at Minnesota. Minnesota Minnesota's at Northwestern. Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Iowa were left. Right. Mm -hmm. If we're going to talk about the rest of the conference, I want to say something. Last Thursday night, you know, because we have our own game threads, and I, 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 it worries me when people don't post anything on our game threads. 
And if you look around to a lot of the other SB Nation sites, we have a better community than a lot of those sites. And uh, people comment a lot more. But Thursday night, I watched this shit about the Oakland Raiders or the wherever the Raiders are now. John Gruden's Raiders. And they did this bit about John Gruden and this thing he does where he goes, knock on wood if you're with me. Have you ever seen that? I have not seen that. Mm -hmm. Okay. What he does is he goes, knock on wood if you're with me. And all the players knock on whatever they're sitting on, the tables or whatever, the desks. Or Listen, John Gruden is widely recognized, one of the better coaches in, in, college, in, in football. Not college football, but football, right? Now, yeah. when I tell you that, knock on wood if you're with me, does that not sound like the cheesiest fucking thing you've ever heard of in your life? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Right because behind you, literally, you are literally asking grown men who are being paid as professionals millions of dollars per year to what? Acknowledge they're not stoned out of their minds? To acknowledge they're not drunk? What are you doing? I, actually, can, I'm gonna, can we make fun of PJ Fleck with Row the Boat? I'm, I, I'm, us. I'm, I'm going to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw one more cheesy one uh, in there that I think supersedes "Knock on Wood" if you're with me. Anybody else remember "Hip Hip Hooray"? No, I don't remember that. Greg, please don't tell us about it. <laughs> okay. Heavit was pretty terrible last season while we're on it. What's what's that? Well, uh, so D'Antonio comes up with a new slogan every single season. Last season's slogan was Heavit. He or wait, was it Heavit or Heave? I forget which. I think it might have been Heave. Just Heave. Heave. Well, we've had plenty of that tonight. Like puke? <laughs> Is that when you say heave, it means puke? No, no, no. heave as in like heave the rock, like move the rock. So there, there was a oh. rock that they dug up on the practice fields when they were redoing something. Um, and so D'Antonio started a tradition where you move the rock and a couple, I, I think it was the Rose Bowl season, maybe, or the year before that. I, I don't remember. I but think so. At, at the start of the season last year, they were out struggling to move it. And so he was saying, you know, heave and decided that that would be the slogan for the season was heave. And oh, that was just awful. It is awful. Yeah. This is why I joined the podcast late. right when we were starting. My 100-pound dog, beautiful dog Esther, literally threw up 10 pounds of <laughs> heave on my feet. And I don't know, I, you know, there's, you know what, there's a lot of things I can handle in my life. I can handle be apparently being dead, apparently, uh, uh, apparently, um, but uh, other people bleeding, I can go help people bleeding. I've done this before in my life. I've, you know, people fall down, acts, car accidents, whatever, I'm the first one there. I can help them when they're bleeding. If they've thrown up, like drunk, throwing up, I, I can't do this. 
Now my dog is whining. Oh, God. Anyway, um, back to things. Draw me back to reality. Yeah, so as I mentioned, you know, all all three games or, or four of the five games were close. Ohio State, no Chase Young, no problem with Maryland. Um, we Maybe I'm behind. Do we still know the full extent of infractions and, and suspension for Chase Young? Um, rumor I saw was it was looking something like a four-game suspension, and it was because he took a personal loan from somebody he claimed was a family friend, although I also saw rumors that that family friend was only after he was a freshman at Ohio State. Right. Um, yeah, what I heard was it was the summer before, or heard slash read, was it was the summer before his freshman year uh, that the quote-unquote family friend was, you know, also a, like an NFL agent that's that might be a little bit more uh, on the fringe of the truth. Um, you know, he Chase Young said in his Twitter statement, uh, that he paid the loan back in full. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, but if he's suspended for four games, that's the rest of his Ohio State career, you got to think, because even I, I think his body of work has proven that he's a top five talent. Yeah. Now, where are we on the possibility that if the NCAA really, you know, drops the hammer, that I, and I, this is more rumor than anything, but that it would uh, invalidate, you know, this season, and Ohio State would have to vacate the wins. Um, that seems a little extreme, okay. given the fact that they self-reported I, I it. And I'm sorry, he's suspended. Dog Come on, Esther. Come on. Uh oh, John. John's got to take care of old Esther. Ah. Uh. Get better, Esther. Yeah. Seems there's a bug going around, and it's hitting a lot of the RK9 and biped friends. So we'll just like mm-hmm. make that statement. Um, so I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know we got kind of uh, uh, in the mouth. You, you think that that'd be a, a really extreme response? I, I think so. But, I mean, then again, I think it's ridiculous that UNC didn't get stripped of their title despite – committing such blatant academic fraud with their athletes that only loosely implicated uh, actual students and whatnot. I mean, those classes were entirely set up and they did nothing with UNC. They did nothing with how many other instances of programs. I mean, wasn't there a issue with Clemson getting caught with a bunch of players doping and nothing happened? And I do remember I, that. Yeah. I mean, it, we all know that the NCAA is just willy-nilly with what they decide to enforce and whatnot and how extreme they decide to do anything versus how light they let teams off with. But, I mean, Chase Young's career is clearly over at Ohio State at this point. He got suspended. They self-reported it before anybody busted them for it. So, you know, let bygones be bygones and move on. It's not like MSU is going to erase the – 39, 7, 10, whatever it was, shutout, not, not shutout, but loss. <laughs> so that's that. Like, I mean, I, I know I saw some Husker fans and I got a little excited about this myself who said, oh, you know, if, if, uh, if Ohio State has to forfeit that win, then, you know, instead of being at four wins right now, Nebraska's at five and, and, uh, one step closer to a bowl game. And I said, yeah, that'd be nice. We could use the, we could use the extra practices. That's for sure. Um, yeah. 
The only downside is it doesn't count as a win for us. I guess know, for Nebraska, and it doesn't count as a win for MSU, and it doesn't count as a win for Maryland. It just gets stripped out of the book. So it's a one team loss. The other one, you know, didn't occur. Well, that makes me sad for uh, for everybody. Um, yeah. The other other game uh, that we really didn't touch on too much was Northwestern and Purdue. We mentioned that Purdue won that one twenty four twenty two. Uh, but it's important to note that Northwestern has not had a good year at all. I mean, first of all, they lost to Nebraska, which if you lose to Nebraska, you're a bad team, with the exception of Illinois, apparently. Uh, but their only win is against UNLV in week two. Uh, you know, you look at the 10 point loss to Stanford in, in the opening week and you thought, oh, well, that's, you know, it's Stanford and Stanford usually is pretty good, but they're down this year and, and they're just getting, you know, beaten by everybody. Except for they're going to have Massachusetts for some reason this Saturday, and then they finish out the season hosting Minnesota and then playing at Illinois at the end of the month. Um, how you know Pat Fitzgerald? He's kind of in that Scott Frost role. You know, he he's the alum who's come back and and is you know, but they have been so inconsistent in the past five or so years that you wonder how. You know how long it's going to be, and, and maybe it's just Northwestern, and, and not to say they don't care, but they just don't prioritize, perhaps. But maybe it allows him a little bit of a longer leash. But I mean, he he's got to be thinking maybe it's time to check some real estate options elsewhere. I mean, because he can't if if he has another season next year like this year, you know, as competitive as the Big Ten is, then they're not going to want to keep him around. Um, I, I don't know. I think he's, I mean, they, they were so bad until what, 1994 is a joke. I think when Northwestern discovered football and started playing, I, I think that's the, the big 10 joke. Um, I mean, they, they have the academic requirements for their players. They don't have a real fan base that shows up for actual games. It, I think I, I mean, just the football facility investment that they made a loan for him with that uh, palatial palace on Lake Michigan. I, I think he's earned some, uh, you know, some mulligans here and there. He, he's mostly had some of the most successful seasons Northwestern's ever seen, in, including last year even. But I, I think fan pressure, maybe if um, if he stops talking about how RPO is communism and phones are ruining football maybe he'll finally give in to pressure and decide to go out for an offensive coordinator that's not i i forget the name of their guy but god he's he's just terrible he has had a pretty good run you know he's they've been in bowl games uh see with the exception of 2013 and 2014 uh they've been in bowl games ever since I, mean, I think ever since he took over, or at least you know since two thousand eight. So I, that's got to be, you know, pretty close. Um, the best story, the best story about Northwestern football ever is this: in uh, nineteen eighty two, they'd lost thirty two games in a row, and they finally won a game. And I don't remember who it was against, but I do remember this: they tore their goalposts down and they marched them. And they threw them in Lake Michigan. <laughs> yep, and that that's not a short walk. It's not actually on the lake like the campus itself is. It's uh, it's at least a half mile to a mile. I forget how far, but 
You got to carry that thing at, quite a ways. Listen, at Nebraska, I because this is relevant today to today's game. But in 1982, uh, I helped tear down a goalpost when we won against Oklahoma, and them fuckers didn't walk it to a lake. They walked it to like a garage where they cut it up in small pieces, and then the garage <laughs> sold it to people. Well, you know, <laughs> Iowa, the, Iowa tried to steal them from years, the, the Metrodome. <laughs> years later, years later, again, a true story. Uh, my brother-in-law, Doug, and his beautiful wife, Sarah, would get married in uh, 1992. And we beat Colorado that day. And I was I at St. Mary's Church. I love this story. And uh, when we came out of the church, uh, what we came out to is the wedding party. We came out to people running up the steps of the state capitol with a torn down gold horse. Part of it. <laughs> A half of it, and then I have this wonderful picture. Some guy, I, I destroyed, I screwed up on my photography that day, which is really sad. But, um, but I have this beautiful picture, and Doug and Sarah do too, of them holding up the goalposts, standing on the steps of the state capitol. Uh, Doug wearing some, they weren't the, they weren't the Packers. Cornhead hats, but they were more like the cone heads on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Dan, Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin. And then uh, Sarah, of course, his beautiful bride, standing next to him. And they were both just everybody so happy. Anyway, but we didn't run it to Lake Michigan. That's my segue. Hi, I'm back. <laughs> that would have been a very long trip from Lincoln to Lake Michigan. I just want to point that out. Well, yeah. if they wanted to do it, people probably would have – they would have cut it up and sold it to people. That's what Nebraskans do. We cut up everything and sell it. <sighs> Every, yeah, I, to, I, I, to circle back for one second, I, I will say uh, a little shade at Ohio State here. I think Maryland de facto won the third quarter because they held Ohio State to only 10 points in that quarter and scored a touchdown of their own. But they still lost. Whereas the quarter. Ohio State scored twenty-one. Yes, but they won the third quarter de facto because they actually held Ohio State to only ten points. Whereas first, second, and fourth quarter, Ohio State hung twenty-one points each quarter. So that's that's something. Well, victory for the little guy. I mean, we promised not to bring up too much Nebraska in this episode, but when's Nebraska going to win the third quarter? Mm, that. Beats me. Uh, oh, Maryland. Maryland in two weeks. Yeah, there you go. All right. We'll find out. Stop having so little faith, Greg, you fuck. <laughs> I, I got my corn hat uh, in the mail this week for that game. I'm, I'm going, and I've got a corn hat. It's not one of those corn cob ones, um, but it's uh, it, it's a corn hat. That's going to be November 23rd. Um, I don't know who's going to be doing the post-game reaction for that because I have to work that day. And then that's actually my wife's birthday, so probably not going to be spending too much time in front of the TV watching the game. We got plans for that evening for the family. uh, Wait, that's not Thanksgiving. No, it's the 23rd. Thanksgiving is the 28th. Okay, well, we'll we'll figure it out. Of course we will. We always do. 
Here's the real important question, John. When we do the yeah. uh, Five Heart Podcast for Iowa Hate Week, do we still drop that on uh, Friday morning, or do we drop it a little like like on Thanksgiving? That's a real. We question. drop it on Thanksgiving so that people can have some Thanksgiving dinner and hate. <laughs> That's about what it is. All right. Well, that'll wrap up. Have this. you guys talked about? Have you guys talked about the big game of the weekend yet? Are you talking about Illinois, Michigan State? No. Uh, LSU, Alabama. No. Wisconsin, Iowa. No. Minnesota, Penn State. Maybe. We talked about that before you went to take care of Esther. You were here. We didn't talk about it very much. Well, you weren't here very much. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Well, I had a dog puking on my feet. <laughs> no, damn it! And I, then I had to deal with a dog one day. No, I didn't, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad we were circling back to that, John, because you were, you know, you know, taking uh, photographs, uh, doing camera work on the sideline for this game, same as you were for the Nebraska Minnesota game a few weeks ago. As you know, I know Rotten Sun goes to Minnesota, um, but you also don't really have a dog in that fight. So was it a little less stressful to, uh, you know, photograph this particular game versus Nebraska when, you know, you're like, or, or do you even think about that? Do you think about, Oh, fuck yes. I think about it. Okay. Listen, I, I want you to know something. I'm all I've gotten abuse from my fucking rotten son. I've gotten abuse from a fucking colleague. Who's a Penn state alum. Who's just both of them beat me to death. And all I could think of is going into this weekend, I am the winner. Because them motherfuckers are going to get some payback. Unfortunately, it wasn't my rotten son, or fortunately it wasn't my rotten son. I don't know, but I will say this. Uh, I was there. It was... Uh, I would love to have Husker Mike on this podcast, and I think we should do one to talk about how how Minnesota's game day varies from Nebraska's game day because Minnesota's game day I've been there twice now this year I've only I haven't gone to Nebraska and I wish you know I wish I had more energy and I'm working on that I am I'm trying not to drink so much and I'm trying to be more healthy you motherfuckers but the thing is is um this game was just an explosion of energy. When you're standing on the field, it's like you're inside a giant battery. It's a giant battery of emotion. And, you know, that's where they say, like, home field advantage and the crowd taken out of the game and things like that. It's because when you're standing down there, you're just literally like a human being sucks energy into that. And... Watching what happened at Minnesota, it was uh, – I have a lot of things to say about this, and I'm not sure this is the proper time. Well, I, I've got one for you guys. Do you guys want to put bets down on whether or not uh, Franklin calls a uh, fourth and five shotgun against Ohio State in two weeks again? <laughs> I, I don't know what I, that means. I, last season, when they were down, uh, last play of the game, when Penn State needs to score in order to uh, get the win, otherwise they're going to lose, 
they're fourth and five, and he calls a shotgun uh, handoff to Saquon Barkley. Oh, two years if ago? If I remember right. And he got wildly mocked by everybody, including a Penn State fan running into the locker room. As Franklin was running in the locker room, he um, uh, yelled, you know, nice call there or something like that at Franklin. And Franklin ran back out of the tunnel at him and had to be restrained while screaming expletives at him. Yeah, I you got to think that these guys uh, who are paid millions of dollars would learn from their mistakes. And I know we don't always see it. I certainly wish we'd see you know, a, a quicker learning curve, but yeah, I mean, I, again, say what you want about Ohio state. Lord knows I hate them. They're no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm no fan of anything that they do except for the marching band. It's, it's kind of entertaining. Um, but they are a pretty stout football team. And even I'm, I'm not dumb enough to go, you know, fourth and five and, and operate from the shotgun. With, you know, like... Wait a minute, what? That's not bad. I mean, it's not good. No, yes, I'm pretty sure they were the opposite side of the 52, by the way. It wasn't like it was like fourth and five from the eight in the red zone. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm a Mike Leach guy. I'm a, like, spread them out... Ram, John, it, it was it was shotgun to hand off to Saquon Barkley. Make people run into each other. Yeah, John, are you are you picking up everything Kevin's saying? It was it was a it was a designed. No, I'm talking to you. I know it was a designed run, a handoff to Saquon Barley. Bar- well, everybody would have known that was coming. Here's <laughs> the thing. Uh, uh, I don't know where I was going. Uh, anyway. In Minnesota, I mean, what you saw was a team that everybody discounted because they didn't play anybody. And the honest to God truth is nobody's playing anybody anymore because college football scheduling is shitty. It really is. Nobody plays anymore in the non-conference because there's no incentive for them to play anymore because we have a college football playoff that is a fucking joke. We basically took what was the BCS and we expanded to a playoff, which we call a playoff, and then we made up parameters, which nobody knows. It's not based on strength of schedule. It's just a bunch of fucking old white men sitting in a room making up shit. Oh, they watch the games. Whatever the fuck. If they watch the games... They wouldn't have ranked Minnesota number 17th when they were undefeated and just knocked off number four. It's bullshit. This, you know, I get it. And we're all crazy people. And this stuff is crazy. And we will never see it's like making trying to make rationality out of complete irrationality. You can never do this. Anyway, I was going to say something else, and I completely forgot. But I sound like Sid Hartman now. Nobody knows who that is. Um, well, I mean, the one clear-cut rule is Bama is always in, even when they yeah. don't win their conference. That that part bugs me to death. I mean, after the game, you know, I, I, I'll tell you what I did do after the game. Uh, 
the thing about me is uh, there's a lot of photographers that sit down there and process their stuff because it has to go out so fast. And I'm so bad at post processing stuff. I think I'm okay at taking photos, you know, uh, but post processing for me is like uh, drill a take a drill and stick it into my knee. I don't know. Think about that for a minute. Where's the ten millimeter socket you lost, you bastards? I uh, but, I do want to say that this uh, nightmare scenario was posed on Twitter uh, on Saturday. I think it was before the the big SEC showdown game, and it says, you know, whoever wins the matchup between LSU and Alabama loses to Georgia in the Big Ten uh, or Big Ten in the SEC championship, and then. Uh, somehow all three teams end up in the college football playoffs with, you know, like Ohio State or hell at this rate. It could be Minnesota. You never know. So I was like, that's a nightmare scenario to have three teams in the uh, college football playoff. And yet I think that uh, they would actually try to weasel that one in there. I could see that. And good God, please. No, 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 no. And I, I just no infinity. I won't bore everybody with how many no's that's required. Well, I think, I think they'd stuff two in there and you're right about, uh, we can't have a college football playoff without Alabama because, Oh my God. (laughs) And I think they do this on purpose and people will scream and scream and scream that, Oh, we need to expand to eight teams as if that's a fucking solution. It's not a good solution. Your good solution would be to not let a bunch of old white men that are scraggly-ass fucking bastards make your fucking calls on what is a college football playoff without parameters. Make them base it on something. Make them base it on strength of schedule so we stop having such shitty games. We were supposed to talk about Big Ten this weekend. And I'll go back to the Minnesota-Penn State game. I will say this. Everybody discounted Minnesota and they beat Penn State. Is now, are we going to see everybody discount Penn State? I'll say this. Uh, when you And I'm not trying to shit on Minnesota, but when you look at their schedule, and yes, they're 9-0, and uh, Penn State's got to be about the only team that they've played. I mean, Illinois now has a winning record, but – You've got South Dakota State, Fresno State, Georgia Southern, Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland, Penn State. So Penn State, you you can make an argument that Penn State was the first challenge that Minnesota's had. And to their credit, they answered the bell. But we'll find out how good they are in the next three weeks when they're at Iowa, at Northwestern, and home against Wisconsin. Um, I don't know. See, the the thing that – sorry, uh, I don't mean to cut you off there. That's fine. Okay. The the thing that kind of irritated me though early in the season was everybody made fun of Minnesota for scheduling teams that, while not you know it's not Bama, at the same time everybody made fun of them for the close win over South Dakota State for going on the road a week later to Fresno State for all being tough games to win all three of, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. I mean they they didn't challenge themselves with a game against Bama and then, you know, a directional Michigan or Mac school and somebody else that was a cupcake, but they did pick three schools that were 
by no means pushovers. Yeah, South Dakota State's not bad, and and I'm gonna get hell for this uh, for throwing in the qualifier for you know saying at their level of competition. Um, and hell, they Minnesota only beat Georgia Southern by three points, but they still beat them. Um, you know, Illinois. Say what you want about them; they're bull eligible now. Nebraska still has that uphill battle. I, we've gone a lot far, a lot longer than I had anticipated us to discussing Big Ten, and and it's funny because we talked Big Ten, we we touched on the SEC, but we are not giving two shits about Big Twelve or Pac twelve at all. Like, there's not anything in there that excites me, uh, you know, enough to to discuss. Um, going back to what you were saying, John, as far as you know, finding the a perfect formula perhaps for the college football playoffs. I'm still of the mindset that you know uh, conference champions should you know ha- have a say in that rather than rather than a Georgia that finished second in uh, the SEC. Maybe you throw perhaps an undeserving Washington or. Oregon or whoever it may be from the Pac-12 uh, in there as well. I don't know. It's not a perfect system. I don't know if it's better than the BCS. I think it's got to be because it, you know, at least opens up to a couple more teams. Um, but I don't know. That, that's um, I, they don't pay me to do that. They just pay me to uh, talk about it. So um, it's 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 only better than the BCS because it makes them a lot more money. Well, that's fair. I mean, if you want to have that particular cynical, I mean, they, look about no, it. it's not cynical. That's no, how the world works. We, we could sing this song we haven't sang yet, and I'm not going to sing this time. But I, I, you know, I, it's it's not it's not better. November is the time of the year which separates everybody. Thanksgiving's coming, and everybody's hopes and dreams will be crushed. I mean, you say that, but I mean, not mine. I know the Lions are always going to win on, or uh, lose rather on Thanksgiving. So, I mean, my dreams aren't aren't crushed on Thanksgiving. And, and let's let's you know when you think, Kevin, that- Kevin, I don't like you very much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you barely even know me. <laughs> hey. God damn it! I want I want tears. I want crying. I just want everybody to remember that no matter who their Big Ten team is facing on uh, Saturday, November 23rd, just remember that Alabama is taking on the Western Carolina Catamounts, and that is continuing their trend of uh, cupcake scheduling. Last year was Citadel. Two years ago was Mercer. I'm never going to stop reminding people because Alabama schedules cupcakes before the Iron Bowl because Alabama can kiss my ass. And they get a bye week before LSU, although LSU also gets bye week before that, too, most of the time. So, so uh, I'm just going to say this. The SEC West is overrated. I think the SEC in general is overrated. And uh, Cheers to that. That's right. And uh, we're probably a little overrated ourselves, but that's okay because we accept it. We move on. We'll have more podcast goodness for you this week. Kevin, are you going to be uh, joining Patrick and Nate for another uh, edition of of bangerangs and daggers. Uh, not sure yet. We haven't um, talked about what's on the schedule for this week, but you should... uh, um, there will be plenty of basketball coverage because Corn Nation is a basketball website. Damn it! You should probably get on that because 
as we are dropping this, it's Monday morning, and their next episode needs to be dropping on Wednesday. So I expect results, damn it. I expect results. That's not your fault, really. Fair point. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, John Haas and I will be back with an all-new uh, episode of the Five Heart Podcast. John, did you even realize that our last recording was episode 150? No, I don't. Time just marches on for me. Well, we're glad that that's the that's the thing. What happens when you, you know, when you fought at the Battle of Agincourt, <laughs> you just you just every sometimes you go on in your life and just go. Could Nebraska win another fucking title and something? Good God, please! By the way, if you are unfamiliar with the Battle of Agincourt, it was one of the English victories in the Hundred Years' War, and it took place. Just over uh, 500, no, wait, 600 years ago. So kudos to you, John. I'm glad you survived it and all the battles hence. Um, that's why you are our fearless leader. You charge oh, in. Oh, wait a minute. We're too late in this for me to do the Henry V St. Christmas Day speech. You can do it on, on the Five Heart Podcast this week. Okay, then we're done now. We're done. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank Let's you. Be done. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, John. Uh, and this has been a Coronation Overreaction, the bye week Big Ten edition here on uh, coronation.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We love you. I love you guys. Love you, all you listeners. Love you, Kevin. Maybe you, Greg, sometimes. <laughs>